when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca and you should too. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast. And today, no Todd, no, no Todd. We brought in Karen today. How are you doing, Karen? Good, good. So your listeners know what type of show they're having <laughs> whenever I'm on. So it's going to be a geeky night. Oh, yeah. We're geeking yeah. right out. Right. I'm really yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're a little bit more organized. Like we have a list now yep. that we can edit and add stuff to. And we're um, starting to go down the list. Now, also on, on the topic of that, um, I would like to have a picture to put up in your bio, but I, I'd rather yeah. you tell me what. Send you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't want to just, hey, this one looks great. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, I look horrible there or whatever. Because no. I'm a horrible gauge of a good versus a bad picture. That's why Sylvie takes all the pictures in her house. <laughs> I look great in every picture, but if I'm taking the picture, I look horrible. <laughs> She's good no. with lighting and angles. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know sometimes like when I'm there, like she would just take a picture of my hair. I'm like, it's mm, just, yeah. hair. you know, she would like change the lighting and like moving to different spots. Like, great. This hey, if, <laughs> if, if I may, um, <laughs> my wife has started writing again. Ooh. I'm really excited really exciting yeah her stuff is like I, I i spend all this time writing like i spend like hours and hours and hours writing and then i come up with something that i think is pretty good and then she writes for like an hour and is 10 times better than anything i've ever put out <laughs> she's yeah, like just amazing. natural like just like it's next time you're over you're gonna have to ask just to yeah, read I have it, to ask her. like what I, is she is this, uh, is this like um because um, I know you're writing like a, you're making a game here but is it like a story a short or uh, hers is a it's a kid's book oh. so and it's in, in the plan I, I don't want to give too much away because I don't want anyone to steal the idea but um, I'll tell you I can tell you off air but yeah uh, the idea is it's a book and there'll be multiple books where you're learn you're meeting more and more of the characters oh. uh, well. each book's kind of different i guess but it's kind of a continuation of the same story yeah. but kind of in different i guess different location or different environments but it's really good okay she's I'm, I'm gonna ask her about that you don't have to give too many details like yeah, yeah. but it, like, yeah she's, that's exciting she's good <laughs> yeah yeah like just an idea came to her and she's like i need to put this on paper what's well, the story it, she was telling at, at, at bedtime it's hard to get the kids down so she started telling a continuing okay. story every night okay. and boy they were just like Whoa. so she's like i gotta write this down i gotta write yeah, this down. Yeah. I'm like, yes you do That's awesome. yeah so it's i don't know i get excited with that kind of stuff yeah, yeah no no it's really exciting too see someone get that creative spark you know like I am no way 
nowhere close to you guys with like writing. I'm not that person. So I get like super excited when someone that I know is like doing it and is doing really well. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, you choose to do it. It's just like amazing. I'm like all for it. Yeah, I, I, I nerd out too. It, it doesn't matter who it is. If I see some yeah. somebody 10 degrees separation from me and I see they wrote a book or made a comic or made a short little video on youtube or something i'm like i'm all over it because it's like, oh my god you made something that's awesome yeah yeah no it's cool yeah, i know like I, at the fringe fest like i really miss the fringe fest um like there's two high schoolers like this is like five maybe five years ago they wrote like a musical oh is uh taxidermy i don't know if you ever heard of that I think I've seen I think I've seen the title, but I didn't I, I didn't go see it, but I remember seeing it um, on posters. It was like one of those shows that uh, this kind of fits a time slot that I'm free and my friend was free. We'll see it. Amazing, hilarious. Oh, great! And there was it was a bunch of kids then. Two high schoolers, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and they wrote it, and so they 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 would write one every couple of years or so. So there was like taxidermy too, and they oh, made man. and so it was just like this is great, like you know and they started off as like friends in high school and so that will just go a long way and I think one the one of them is in um that prestigious like acting school or st- theater school in New York like actually got in there and I was like this is amazing oh wow <laughs> so they right. really they yeah. really followed it and and made yeah. a thing of it right yeah oh, that's amazing yeah. I love that that's awesome yeah it's like, exciting I don't even know these people personally but like it's just exciting just to hear their story and because that's what shows up in their in their little like handout in their uh French show yeah yeah and they're still writing yeah they do they, they continue to write every so often like I think this year if French was virtual they had like an entry there did amazing. did the Winnipeg Fringe do a, a virtual this year they did a virtual this year yeah I had no idea so oh some my of god I would oh. are actually free some of them are, um, uh, you get a pay to access their video. Okay. Which was like, obviously like cheaper than showing up, but like I sure. do in the Fringe Festival. It's just like an explosion of talent. Like people take two weeks. Like there's some people, like I've used to volunteer there quite a bit and like people would take two weeks off to attend like as many Fringe shows as they can. As they can. Our friend James, he buys the, 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 the biggest pass. Yeah. The one that yeah, gets yeah. you the most. Yeah. And he buys two of them. And he actually goes through all of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I volunteer because, like, some of the shows you get to see for free. And then, like, the same time, oh, you get to see the artist. You volunteer. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. The Fringe is my favorite festival. It's really sad that, like, we couldn't do it in the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh, do well, fest and whatnot. But, like, I do the, I make sure I attend Fringe. Even if I just by myself, like, if Alex couldn't go or yep. if friend couldn't go, I'll be like, you know what? I'm free this evening, this afternoon. I'm going to watch as many shows as I want. Well, Sylvia and I have always attended. Like that's our, it's kind of our favorite thing to do in the summers. So, and we yeah. had trouble going, I guess it was two years ago or wait, two years ago, or would that be three? Cause the kids were kind of at that age where it was really yeah. hard to, to schedule things. But um, if it's open this year, there's no way we're missing it. Like there's yeah. no way we're missing. Like mm-hmm. I, I would like to get a frequent fringer pass yeah i guess we should explain the audience was like fringe what are you what are you guys talking about so so do you want to maybe describe what the fringe is and why winnipeg's is the best in the world i would say well you know what the winnipeg is the best in the world because um when our fringe festival is happening there's no other events that's the nice thing about winnipeg you know we're small enough 
yes. but um, uh, small enough just to have one big event at a time, yep. but good because you're not competing with other festivals or other events versus like, as opposed to like point. in Montreal, like when they have their fringe, it's impossible to go because you have the jazz fest and yeah. like everything's happening all at once, right? So um, the French festival, um, how do I describe it in a nutshell is, like I said, an explosion of talent. Um, you know, like a lot of artists, um, local and um, sometimes international. Yep, yep, they always have international, yep. Yeah, they would um, apply to have a spot and perform for the Winnipeg audience for about two, two weeks. Yeah, and it's um, tickets are standard, and they they get a um, little bit of profit with that, but also get tons of exposure. And there's also like a good variety, like there's a lot of kids ones as well. So yeah. it's not just, and it's not just like a, a it's not just all plays, right? Like some of yeah. them are are uh, poetry reading, some of them are one man shows, like dance um, musicals, dance yeah, musicals, um, like a song number like anything you can imagine magic right like they're magic yes. shows there and um there's actually like kind of actual stand-up too kind of in there that yes. in yeah, there too acrobatics like those yep. things and they're scattered all around downtown which is um they're relatively close like they're so it forces you to wander around downtown so that's when like that exchange district comes comes to life actually yep. and we have an outdoor venue too with the yep. constant performers on stage and this and is at a place called the cube so it's just it's all free all central free right. stuff like all the time and i think there's stuff like at least every hour or something like that yeah yeah there's a performer on this out, out outdoor stage thing and um some of the venues like if if it's a venue that you may not even like frequent or you're not you don't visit normally you go there and they transform it to something really creative and really amazing and those those are my favorite shows where oh, yeah I'm i think my um uh my one favorite one was like it's like in an office space like even like a little bit past the exchange and we're literally in like a conference room oh and it's like a skit, but um, so we're the board members. There were the other board members. So oh. all the it's like you get like so it's like a very small number of audience, and you're just you're part of the board. And you're around the board table. Yeah, and like oh, so that's cool. So it they're like the actors are pitching ideas to you, but they're also telling like some sort of side story, which was like really cool. It's about yeah, there's a, there's a lot of improv, and that that sounds like a really cool improv. Like that's a <laughs> very interactive very improvisational that's cool what's the improv that uh one's really popular that's kind of D ish oh yeah um, um I remember the name escapes me but um that's i've seen it a lot of times i'm just looking it up here D improv let's see what it's called those guys that group is amazing D and and it, it's a smart show because if you walk in there mid like day day five of the fringe you'll you missed out all of the inside jokes from day one so you're yes. kind of like it's called the D improv show that's what they're called <laughs> that's what it is yeah yep and they and they run so so the the premise of that one is they run the it's opening exactly. play on the or whatever on opening day i guess or whatever it is and the play continues day after day so it's not the same play it's a continuing 
it's live. Like a right. It's improv comedy mixed with live role playing. Correct. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. So every show is different. And all their shows sell out. I remember it was. Um, yeah. I remember trying to get in to see the next one, and then I just couldn't timing wise, and it would just sell out so damn quick. Those guys are great, and they don't just do that. Troop doesn't just do the fringe time; they do other times as well. I believe, like they do maybe not like a week long, but they'll do one offs here and there. Another one of my favorite is that one one man guy. Star Wars. One man, one man. Star Wars. One man, Lord of the yep. Rings. One man, Batman. Like he does one man things because it's like to summarize a lot of those like movies or shows or i guess it's mostly movies um his name is escaping i'm looking it up here charlie and it's a charlie something yep star wars there you go one man star wars charles ross charles there ross there yeah, we go there. yeah yeah, so he basically, I, I think that's probably the one that sticks out to me the most. But uh, yeah, that one, the guy does all three films <laughs> by himself as a one-man play. And it's like, he always says that, like, he always asks, like, halfway through, like, who has seen all of the movies? Like, most people would. Most people yeah. attending his show knows what he's talking about. But sometimes, like, he'll get, like, a handful of people who have never seen Mm -hmm. any ring movie or have only seen one and he's like i don't know what you guys are getting <laughs> from the show which is like <laughs> true because like there are some things that he's doing that the character that would be reference to some characters that like you would only know if you watch the movie you or i would be going oh my god that's so funny yeah. and then everyone else is like what yeah what's happening here uh, yeah yeah he um th his story is actually pretty interesting because he i think he was worried he was going to get a cease and desist from george lucas Oh, because he started, he started, um, he started with the Star Wars one, right? Yeah, he started with the Star Wars one. I think, yeah, I think he started and then he went Lord of the Rings after. But anyway, uh, he did get a call from, it was either Lucas or his lawyers. I can't remember the, the, the story, <laughs> the specifics, but he ended up being flown down to, uh, to Lucasfilm and had to perform it for George Lucas. Just for George, though. <laughs> so imagine an audience of one yeah yeah and then and he, he loved it and then he would hire him to, to fly in and do the one man for his crew like for yeah. his crews that's amazing that's it's cool amazing. yeah i like i like i like that about george like he supports like other people because yeah. people are like you know like let's say like not all of them are greedy but they're so particular about that like yeah my thing you need to ask permission before you've done this otherwise you know it cancel you or something well we um i, I don't know if I, I think i told you i was i was in a star wars fan film yeah yeah yeah. i watched it oh my god I, yeah. <laughs> no it was like it was interesting it's cool back then we <laughs> yeah, didn't have what we needed to make a movie like that but i thought it was okay oh yeah yeah like the that scene with like the council yeah. <laughs> like you sold that scene <laughs> like oh yeah i like i guess like i'm also just familiar with the universe so it's like okay i know where the I know yeah yeah you, yeah you know where that is yeah, yeah. Um, like, oh, that's what that's what it is there's a lot of scenes that were missing like the special effects were done well the whole movie was finished and the whole movie was edited mm -hmm. and i think the special effects were almost done for the whole thing Mm -hmm. But then a series of events happened where 
when we did the release, it just didn't. The movie, the completed a, a version of the film that was shown was not the completed version. Hmm. So it was kind of, but we actually, um, Clay, the the director and guy, he actually got a call from Lucas's, a call or an email, I can't remember, or a letter from Lucas mm-hmm. saying, uh, just remember, or something, I can't remember exactly, but it was like along the lines of, remember, you're not making any profit off of this, right? Yeah. Something along those lines, but hey. that was cool. But yeah, Lucas reaches out, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the topics on the topic. <laughs> we can deviate a lot, as you can oh, tell. Super This easy. thing keeps slipping. <laughs> it's because I spit a lot. It's got to catch my spit. I'm messy. I'm messy talker. <laughs> um, so at your urging and with lots of uh tugging between my wife and I I finally saw Suicide Squad she had no interest in seeing it It just another effing Star Wars or another effing DC film I think is how she said it something along those lines but I saw it finally yeah so we could talk about it yes okay and I know you liked it right I liked it a lot right yeah yeah um, and I think, yeah, you, you said like, it, it's so nice that it's, um, has the James Gunn element to it, but it's not similar to Guardians. No. What it would have been, what everyone's fear is, I think. Yes, I think so. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why it was brought in like, okay, we have a, an eclectic group of individuals. Here's mm-hmm. another eclectic group of individuals. Right. But I like that he didn't just copy, copy and paste. He could have, it would have been right. easy. But he understood the homework. I yeah. think he understood the essence of Suicide Squad and he wasn't like, he didn't hold back. He was like, yeah, these are supposed to be expendable characters that are, yep. you know, villains and, you know, supposed to be rotting away in prison. And um, yeah, did not hold back that like, you know, that group that she was, they were just like, they just got wiped out <laughs> like within like 15 minutes. Yeah, this is a spoiler full episode yeah, here yeah yeah but yeah that whole i did okay, did you expect that in the beginning like no you had the I, opening group I thought, and i'm i thought at least some like half of them will make it yeah that's kind of what like, i thought I, I i i was i think i was i came to see it prepared to lose some characters here and there but yep. i did not expect to lose <laughs> that first group <laughs> um uh what's the character with the long uh long white hair uh played by mickey no oh my god what is his name javelin what was it is it javelin javelin no oh javelin was cool too i like javelin (laughs) i like javelin a lot it was just so cheesy yeah yeah the perfect acting i'm pulling up the cast here I can get here. Here we go. Oh, Michael Rooker. That's what I'm thinking of. He he played Savant. Right. And you you think like with with an actor of that caliber, he's gonna come in and he's gonna be badass, and he was just a freaking coward. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he was like, oh, it's his like his perspective. Yeah. Like you're following him. uh, That opening, um, the the opening scene, and um, and yeah, he just like bails. (laughs) 
And then the little guy. Yep. Uh, that was a uh, weasel. It's just so, so well done. Oh my god! Oh yeah, here we go. Weasel. Sean. Um, uh, Blackguard was Pete Davidson. He was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think out of that initial group, I don't know who's your favorite of that initial group. What's that? Uh, uh, like the TDK, the guy with the arms. <laughs> that was funny too. I was just like, this is <laughs> wild. I didn't maybe uh, I could I I didn't look at any spoilers at all. So when he came in, I'm like TDK. And and then I'm like, okay, well, there's the DD term TPK, total party kill. I'm like, what what, what do you do? And then the arms came off, and oh my god, I just started laughing out loud. Wolf person, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> like, what a horrible power. <laughs> right, yeah. Like a shitty power. <laughs> yeah. And then but you I mean, can hide your body, right? Because you're so your his body was kind of like doing the motion yeah. as if you're punching someone, but like so you can't even just like hide and let your arms do the work. Yeah, no, no, you couldn't do that at all. <laughs> but I, I kind of because I, I, I kind of heard that uh, Nathan Fillion, who I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. another ca- Canadian kid there, he's from Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> that was my impression of the Hart family but anyway um I, I knew he wasn't he didn't have a major role so when he I saw him on screen I'm like Nathan Fillion what and I'm like oh he's probably dying because I don't remember hearing anything about him so I wasn't surprised but um I was hoping Javelin was gonna survive yeah or Captain Boomerang or Captain I thought Boomerang that was a shock make it yeah <laughs> But no, that's okay. <laughs> so what do you think of the new cast? Idris Elba, John Cena? I thought it worked really well. I like that they're somewhat aware that they're kind of similar to the other character because I think Idris Elba's character said something because initially they were like, oh, we're gathering people with unique skills. And then he was like, well, he has the same <laughs> skills as I do. And <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, yeah, well, you're kind of the same as like Will Smith's character, really. Yeah, yeah. And then like the backstory was kind of like similar, right? Like how they got him in, like they used his kid yeah, and all yeah. of that. But um, no, I thought the cast like had enough screen time. Like all the characters had enough, at least once in the second group had enough screen time. Um, like even it was Polka good though. Like Idris was really man. good. I thought Polka Dot Man was amazing. <laughs> I thought he was just going to be another obscure, you know, side character. But I, like, they gave him a story. I didn't think he was going to have anything to do. I was really surprised that <laughs> how much of a role he had. It was it was kind of refreshing. King Shark, King Shark, like did more because like the last yeah. one, uh, Killer Croc, like didn't do didn't do much. He was no. just to give the one-liner things but king shark had a character so i really like that he was he was for a killer he was pretty cute he was he was really cute yeah and like i just noticed i'm looking at the casting here and they actually don't like they're listing all the cast except for Mm -hmm. sly sylvester sloan is just not listed here oh i wonder why I don't think he wanted to like make it like, hey, it's me. Like I think he yeah, was yeah, yeah. more behind the scenes, but he was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. he struck up a friendship with um, James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. And that really should be the case. Like you shouldn't really 
be like, oh, I'm just a Marvel person. Like, you're a good actor. Should be fine. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter yeah. at all. Um, I liked it. I li- I liked how comic booky it was. Like, right. Like this movie didn't do well, and some people are saying, you know, it's a flop. But the the timing of that release was like really shitty time, pandemic wise. Mm-hmm. Because that was when things were just starting to open up, like literally just opening up. So I don't know if people were really into seeing a movie, if this is the first movie. And like a lot of people were so um, into that, like, I want the first movie to be the best. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of those. Um, And I think Black Widow suffered maybe some of that, too. mm -hmm, Yeah. Like, I don't think... um, I think if it was released at a different time, I think Black Widow would have done better as well. Correct, yeah. But um, but Black Widow and Suicide Squad were both simultaneously released mm-hmm. on streaming, so I'm sure that didn't help either. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just it was just a fun ride. This movie, you yeah. know, you have no idea where it's going. Um, <laughs> and it just like kept going, and it was just like yeah, like you said, very comic booky, which is like. I really like for some obscure characters, you can't make them, you know, like some shows or movies are trying to like, let's make them a little bit more realistic. I'm like, no, they're not real characters. So yeah, I, mean, I don't know how much you could change King Shark to, <laughs> to make it realistic, <laughs> but um, no, it was like, I, re- I thought everything just worked well. And they didn't bring, like they didn't, DC has this problem with usually we have to have Batman and or Superman or mm-hmm. even in the comics, it's always like, Oh God, this, this title's not selling. So then there's a guest appearance by Batman or something like they could have easily done this in here, but they gave James Gunn, Hey, do what you want to do. And he purposely, I think there was suggestions of using like Batman or someone like that. And he's like, no, well, like we have enough cast here. I think we're good. Like, yeah, you know, and, and, and good actors. Yeah. Yeah, they just needed enough like story to go with that character. Yeah, I mean, and Idris Elba is a list, right? So, I mean, do you really need to bring in Superman or Batman, a fictional a lister, or you even know? if like you know he was an a lister and he was supposed to be kind of like the team captain, he didn't really overshadow the other characters. He didn't. No, he did not at all, actually. Which is what the problem is when you get like a really famous lead right like um that's what normally happens but um no i think i I have no complaints with the movie at all really this feels like a segue moment Mm -hmm. here yeah where someone overshadows the rest of the cast (laughs) like like the x-men films how wolverine it was was wolverine and the x-men it wasn't show yeah i mean i like i like hugh jackman but it's uh it's Wolverine, Professor Charles Xavier, and Magneto. Yeah. And I wish I don't they know. Have, like, yeah. like James Marsden is is a good actor. He's very mm-hmm. entertaining. He's he's mm-hmm. you know very talented. And to have him relegated to the backseat in those X-Men films, like they could have done something like that in this film. And I'm surprised they didn't. I'm glad mm-hmm. they didn't. You know, it's like let's it's an ensemble group, so let it be an ensemble. Yeah. And, um, you know, X movies, like how many movies later, they're still not doing it. (laughs) I'm just kind of sad. I'm giving up with this thing. Okay. (laughs) 
We're just tired of it. <laughs> I'll spit all I want. Um, do we want to go into the the last two X Men films, Dark Phoenix and New Mutants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, what order did you watch the two in? I watched Dark Phoenix first, okay, and then New Mutants because I was like, you know what? I'm familiar with the Dark Phoenix storyline. I couldn't remember much about the New Mutants, although I've read it. Um, uh, let's do Dark Phoenix, and so watched it. And I was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, I think I prefer the other one <laughs> over this, actually. Yeah. Um, as uh, shitty as uh, X3 was, um, I was like, I guess it could get worse. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Because um... again, like good actors and actresses. Oh, there's the cast. There's nothing wrong with the cast at all. Yeah. But again, it's uh became uh Professor Xavier show. <laughs> and um I guess their big thing was like over like because Mystique was a major character here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't it, it, with Mystique they did the whole Wolverine thing. Like, okay, Mystique That's is now the the Wolverine. anchor. But then um, we're gonna twist it and like we're gonna, you know, eliminate her in the first third of the movie. And I was like, okay, but doesn't change the fact that Professor Xavier is still a thing. Yep. <laughs> He's now moved up to that position. And I think, you know, I don't know, it bothered me a little bit that um, both Mystique and the Beast kept changing back to their human forms. Mm -hmm which is um, a comment by um, the previous actress that played Mystique. She was like, I was in full body paint for the whole time. The whole time. And I don't know, they just kept switching back to them being in clothes and, you know, having their human form. Yeah, it bothered me a little bit. <laughs> well, I think she had, she had like some sort of claws or something where she wouldn't come back or I, I I'm just trying to recall, but it's something along the lines of like, I don't want to be in the blue makeup all the time. Like, like mm -hmm. I'm Jennifer Lawrence, you know, sure. <laughs> you know, but I, Re Rebecca Romaine, like just, she committed, honestly, she was a better mystique. She was a good mystique. Yeah. I liked her. I really, really liked her just the way she looked. And when, um, you know, she's doing something evil, like she just like had that like sinister look. Not saying Jennifer Lawrence cannot act, but um, it just suited Rebecca a bit more. Yeah, well, she was she just had presence. Like she mm -hmm. could be she could be in a in a scene in a room with like three or four other characters. Mm -hmm. She stands out. Like mm -hmm. she's not doing anything. She's just standing there. But just not, she's not even um, in the same kind of position as Jennifer, right? Like she wasn't yeah. the main character, yep. but like we remembered her so well. Yes. <laughs> and, like first trilogy yeah to elevate her standing in the story i don't i mean first class was good mm -hmm. but first i just class. felt like i don't know you're giving her too much the first mm -hmm. class i think was done well because i mean that that's really it, it made sense like it made sense they featured charles xavier and sure. right like and um, it was like coming together and like initially there was this promise that oh we're gonna see all of these like new new newer cast x-men right yep. um, 
And then, like, as the movies went on, like, they went back to the original formula. Yeah, you. so you did, like, first class. I liked first class yeah, a lot. I liked first class, yeah. like, okay, this is a, better than the first trilogy, so there's promise here. And then, so you yeah. Would, you would actually go that far to say that that was, like, better promise than the original three films? When, at the time. Yeah, <laughs> so at when, the time, yeah. It was just released, like, I thought, like, okay, okay, we're getting somewhere, we're um giving you a new the new cast enough screen time to kind of shine and take over and so make us forget the first cast um first set of cast but um and there was no wolverine to if wolverine was in that other than that one scene where they were trying to recruit him Mm -hmm. if he was in that movie it would have overshadowed everything like everyone had room to breathe and and see their Mm -hmm. characters develop right days of future past was okay yep because the logic the premise that like okay we had to use wolverine made sense i know in the it, I, I know, know i was like oh wolverine yeah. again <laughs> but I, I can see how it's it, it, it it's like more exciting that way mm-hmm. and it's and- also it also will make them money like it's kind of guaranteed box office right right i, I understand that like and, and it was fine. Honestly, it was fine. Like the Sentinels did not look like the Sentinels that I remembered, but um, sure, they were very minor and like the time travel thing was kind of neat and to see yep. them at that time was okay, was good. Um, and then Age of Apocalypse, that's when we're still, we started. Um, I was like, what is happening here? The many different ways to defeat Apocalypse and this is what we decided <laughs> Yeah. you know because that storyline you know it, it, for it's always like when villains are so overpowered like i'm always like that's what piques my interest because i'm like how are they going to defeat yeah. this super overpowered yeah how um, do you how do you find the little link in the chain that you can break yeah. to you know to defeat yeah. them and i was i was excited for apocalypse because days of future past i'm like there's no way you're ever going to make that film because mm-hmm. it was in a very important comic at the time. Very hard to. And I'm like, there's no way you can make this. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gonna suck. And mm-hmm. it was actually way better than I expected. I, uh-huh. at that yeah. point, I'm like, I, I will admit, I really enjoyed First Class. And when they brought Brian Singer back, I was like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of cringed a bit. And mm-hmm. then when I heard they were gonna do that, I'm like, okay. And then it's like, okay, we're gonna mesh both like timelines of X-Men and I really wasn't that did not win me over at all (laughs) I was really I was not looking forward to that film but it was way better than I expected though like I my expectations were basement level and it was much better than expected but my big disappointment in that film was Kitty Pride. she should she should have been the star she should have been the star that's the whole problem my whole problem with the x-men films is we have this one good actor that we want to feature forever yeah, yeah. i mean he's great like i i can't hate hugh jackman i can't he's he is amazing. He was such a good wolverine yeah Honestly, it was the writing that kind of failed him because <laughs> uh even like even halle berry was a good store on my thought yeah but but yeah, they didn't just they just didn't use her. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah, like you have an yeah. Academy Award winning actress and you can't. But now this is now this might be 
I don't know, I don't know, politically incorrect or maybe a little controversial, but I feel that the women in the film did not get enough absolutely to work with. I, I felt like you know, contrary to popular belief, I know it's called the X-Men, mm-hmm. but in the comics, the women are front and center a lot of the time. In fact, most of the time. And even during the 90s, uh, the team was, you know, I don't know, it was like 70, 30 uh, woman versus man because Chris Claremont wrote a very strong, powerful woman. So to see the the series centered around Wolverine, who was never intended to be a main character. He was a main character in his own comic book, but mm-hmm. they kind of relegated him to a support character in X-Men, which I think mm-hmm. is smart. Keep right. the, mystique, you know, the mystique of Wolverine there. Right. Right. And to put him in the forefront, it's like put him in the forefront in his own solo films, but keep him as a supporting character in the main X-Men films is what I would have right. preferred. Right. You know, but... Like, true to how Wolverine is, but... Um... Yeah, I just like hate how they kept forcing him back to the spotlight, even though yeah. they were the story. Fine. Nope, we're moving back. Ah, this doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. yeah, it it bugged me. Like like in the in the comics, that's what they would do is if a character was so stand out in the comic, they give them their own series on the side. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't disrupt the dynamic of the main comic. Right. You know, in later years, Wolverine is like center it's like wolverine and the x-men like they they did that much later but the original comics he's nobody knows anything about wolverine just that guy in the background you know but i don't know i mean overall i mean another superhero film still another superhero film so i get excited anyway yeah 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 no it was really exciting um to see x-men because like when it first when they first announced that they're gonna make the movie because um I just remembered the uh, animated TV show mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh my gosh, we're going to see them live action. We're going to see them live. And then like, the first movie that came out, it's like, they're in jackets. They're in black jackets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no costumes at all. You get to see Storm fly twice or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is like really sad. Um, and yeah, Sabretooth, yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> That was like just a tall dude with long hair. Yeah, yeah. You get Toad. Toad was Toad was actually okay. Like he Toad was actually, was actually an improvement from the comic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Comics, it wasn't that cool. Like but. I thought, again, like I thought they were the other actors were just like so well casted and just didn't do much. Jean Grey didn't do much. Cyclops didn't do much. I thought <laughs> I really like Famke Jansen as a choice. Yeah, because it's interesting. Like look of it pardon me she had the look the right look like her expressions were i thought yeah. was very jean grayish she's also a very strong actress too so to bring her in doing something like that like there's a lot of stuff you can see that she's doing there's research she did behind the scenes in scenes mm-hmm. where she doesn't have a lot of lines she's still making the most of it you mm-hmm. know kind of like rebecca romaine kind of did james marston i'm sure <laughs> you know what every line he had was gold right whether the line was gold or not his delivery of the line was gold like he was he was good like just again like did get it wasn't given like enough material to work yeah. with so 
a kind of unfortunate, but um, where are we? Like Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse the movie. Like also had Psylocke, also a great character, didn't do much. I was so disappointed. Version of Storm also didn't do. Much. The actress uh, Olivia Munn, I think, right, was Psylocke. Yeah. Like she's actually really good. She's a director herself. Like. Yeah, and then Dick had like a few scenes, like didn't do any. And she researched like crazy. She trained like crazy for this role where she's not really on screen all that much. And I'm like, Absolutely. like, what a waste. Like, I felt bad. And then what annoyed me is like there, this freaking like quick seal, silver scene. They kept like doing the same like joke as like from uh, oh, Days yeah. Pass. And I was just like, come on. Um, which they kind of, so they just kept like bringing him back, oh, right? Like, do another Quicksilver too. similar scene. But they did, I felt like with the second X film where they had Nightcrawler and he gets that massive intro in the film and then he's kind of relegated to the back. Like mm-hmm. he kind of, and, and I felt the same thing with, because when he was brought in Days of Future Past, he was brought in to do that uh, retrieval of Magneto. Yeah. And then that's it. And it's like, what? Like, why did you bring him in? It's like, oh, we had this cool idea for an effect. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Quicksilver. We can do that effect with Quicksilver. So let's just bring, well, it's just like, we need, we have this effect we can do. And instead of like organically, it's just, I don't know. And and the same thing with Nightcrawler. Like he is my favorite X-Men, like one of my top three favorite X-Men characters. And I really did. I wanted more Nightcrawler. I actually enjoyed like Alan Cummings, like Nightcrawler. He was good. He was really good. And again, with that opening scene where he was like, you know, um, their their effect when he was like just popping like different yep. corners of that like of the of the White House. Um, I thought that was really cool. And yep. like same thing happened to him. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he's gonna be like a main player in this film. And then it's like, what? But he yep. made the most of what he had. As an actor, he did an amazing job, but it's like, give him more. Come on. Yeah. And then they don't even really, they don't bring him back for the third. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, the, the Brett, I don't know, the Brett Ratner was brought in for the third one. He's like, I don't know what to do with him. So whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I actually challenge you. <laughs> here's, here's a challenge. Um, X-Men 3. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have a an actual physical copy of it or not, but the director's commentary is really interesting to watch. Really? Okay. Because it's Brett Ratner and the two writers and they're talking over every scene. And I think X3 has had a lot of potential, but it was like, it just kept, there was like great scenes and then there was like the worst scenes ever. And as you're watching the commentary, this is from memory here, so I could be a little bit off, but from memory, it's like the writer's like, well, we came up with this really great sequence here where this would happen and that would happen. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds great. And then Brett Ratner comes in. Yeah, what a horrible idea. So I decided instead we were going to do what we did here. So you see what we did here? Much more entertaining. Like every time there was a shitty scene in that film, it was the writer saying, this is what we wanted to do. And then Brett Ratner saying, that was a bad idea. Because even again, um, uh, oh, uh, the Beast in the X3 movie. Yeah. Good. What I, great I, casting. 
yeah, he was perfect, like the right build, and he had the fur the whole time. I'm like, that's the Hank that I know. And he spoke the way he did in the X-Men cartoon. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, what, I don't know. What a terrible choice. And then, yeah, Dark Phoenix, we haven't even, like, talked about Dark Phoenix, because yeah. I'm just like, I just don't know what to talk to say about that. Like, well, it, it was like nothing happened for for a long time. <laughs> I was so excited for this film, because I thought, I thought it was weird that they're doing it again. It's like, okay, we did it wrong the first time. Let's try it again. That seems like so a, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a good idea. It's like, oh, we're like all read. of the lines were just so awful. Like at some point we were predicting what Jessica Chastain's character was going to say, because it was like the cheesiest lines. I can't remember <laughs> the exact lines, but you were like, this thing happened. And we would just like, Alice and I would just, um, you we were like, we would come up with the line and then that's the exact line that she's going to say. I'm like, how predictable is this movie? And again, like an actor of her caliber. She's like, she's an Academy Award winner. <laughs> I think though, now as, I'm, I'm very curious after you watched watching, uh, after you finished watching Daredevil director's cut, mm-hmm. where you're going to notice that, oh, okay, maybe the acting wasn't that bad because mm-hmm. if you edit, if someone is acting a scene and the scene is okay, the director saying, I want you to be really emotional because you just lost the love of your life mm-hmm. and they're acting that way. And then later when they edit the film, he's not emotionally distraught at all. But then all of a sudden they cut to the scene where he's emotionally distraught. You're like, what the hell's happening here? Right, right. I think a lot of the same thing happened in dark Phoenix because the original plan for the film they said was too similar to what Avengers did. So they ended up reshooting the last third act of the film, mm-hmm. which probably changed the general storyline. So when they edited it, there was probably scenes where the acting didn't make any sense because they're chopping and splicing different emotional yeah. content, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they were, I think Jessica Chastain and her group were supposed to be scrolls or shape changers of some kind. Right. And it's like, oh, Marvel's doing that already. Um so they're just going to be whatever they ended up calling them. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I think that really yeah. hurt. Them. Yeah. Yeah. But there was potential. I think mm-hmm. the casting of Sophie Turner, I thought she was good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with what she had. Yeah. She, she, she did a lot of research on, um, on addicts because she's like, she's addicted to this power. So she ended up doing this study on what it's like, like what do addicts go through? What's withdrawal? Like what's their emotional state? Like she spent a lot of time studying, how am I going to do this? And I think her acting was good given what she had, mm-hmm. but she wasn't given much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, but I, like, I did like that. It was smaller mm-hmm. though. Right. But I wish they just kept it smaller instead of, okay, we have to have a fight scene now. Mm-hmm. cut and paste action sequence we need yeah. another one here we need a betrayal we need someone to die but yeah and like um are you talking about like the train scene yeah the, the, uh, this is a train in the station um yeah it was just like one mutant has to do their power next mutant has to do their power it's like yep. Can you make? Can we make this more a little bit more fluid? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like realistically, no one's waiting for the other person's turn. Like you're just yeah. going. With it. 
it's like those horrible there's some of those horrible old action movies where one person is fighting like 20 yakuza or something right but only one yeah no i tracked them all um yeah that's like how i I felt with that and it's just like it was just like bland the whole time there was nothing nothing happened that would like was made me a little bit more excited than like the other scenes it was just like same all throughout so that's why i didn't like it um yeah how would you have edited like so i'm I'm curious so with the general basic storyline of that film what would you have told as a story? What would I have told? Um, would you, what, like, what would you have taken out maybe? Or what would you have kept? Because I, I, I think there's a good story in there somewhere. I'm just curious what your take would be. For me, I just felt the chase was so long yeah. for the payout. So I don't know. Um, for me, I, I'm just thinking of like the comic book thing. Like, I think the chase should be shorter and then you add a more compelling, like a, a, a different, like more villain, a stronger villain, a stronger character that we would care a little bit more because like, as you said, like the, there's basically scrolls, like this aliens that can shape shift that are after her that are supposed to be stronger, but don't really care much about that. And then this overall, like just this chase the X-Men chasing her, finding her just took so long. <laughs> it took the whole movie. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you find her and, you know, she's not willing. And then there's a bigger threat. I think that's what I was kind of would be, would be looking for rather than these nobodies that are supposedly taken over. And like no one else took interest. Like none of the bigger like X-Men villains, yeah. they're just all filling there. And like, they had no interest among this and like, the fights were just like this like the the one in the train again was just like ridiculous like like really the other owning i don't even understand what's happening <laughs> are you talking about the when they're trying to cross the street or are you talking about when they're in the train which is the in of x3 i don't know which it, one's more ridiculous like i think the, maybe the one in the train because <laughs> in x3 they had a train sequence too right yeah which was dark phoenix again in the same, yeah, yeah the same train thing it's like what are you doing but the, I think that was a reshot scene because that was one of the scenes I think they redid because like, oh, great. Now we need an action sequence. What are we going to do? I, I don't know. On a train, I guess, you know. That's all I could think of. <laughs> but I feel like what's the difference in like X3? I think, yeah, they've established that they've lost Jean. Like they didn't like really, they were looking for her, but they weren't really like physically following her to the end type of thing. Yeah. And there was a bigger thing happening in the world which you know somehow is more relatable than this (laughs) or it it wasn't like an x-men i I guess it's still like relevant to the x-men but um you know understandable on our level as human beings yeah like versus this like okay they're not in the comics these are not this is not how it goes and at the same time I don't relate to these aliens at all so I think that's my that's what I feel like what I kind of want to see how about you well I I, I have a few thoughts like in the comics it was um the hellfire club and it was this right. uh, person with psychic powers called mastermind that slowly manipulated her over time Mm-hmm. and i know because you can't was interested in her power right like that's... right exactly 
but they had you know i don't know how many dozen comics mm-hmm. 12 issues 24 whatever it was they had a long time to build it so if you want to do it in a movie i think what they could have done is is grabbed someone who maybe disagreed with the x-men's stance on things mm-hmm. because at that point the x-men are celebrities and they were kind of playing up that whole celebrity side of things so you could have had someone come in not an alien race or anything like that but a human the equivalent of mastermind or something like that yeah. who's kind of getting in her ear yeah who's like feeling bad like your guys aren't celebrities like the people will still fear you the people will still hate you you're superheroes now but everything can turn and just have that person be in her in her in her ear saying all the things she kind of wants to hear and her falling i don't know in love but relying because charles is being a not a good father figure anymore right right so maybe the whole falling out with her dad when she sees her dad and her dad doesn't want to have anything to do with her and then she relies on this other father figure whoever it might be i mean they could have used anybody any character from the comics or whatever but have that slow transition throughout the film yeah where she's like maybe charles is wrong he has right. like abilities i can't read his mind he's that was, also like, that was also a funny thing like everyone thought that charles like decision was wrong mm-hmm. as we know like it's not he wasn't super super wrong about what he did like he was blocking off like terrible memories and yeah, didn't wanted to protect her keeping training wheels on her until she was yeah but literally everyone was like you're a horrible person (laughs) what you've done which is like no like no one thinks this is this is excessive (laughs) yep but i think they could have had like playing like superhero roles in the movie where there's an some event it doesn't have to be huge but like an event where they're saving people and maybe she had the ability to save somebody but she decided to just decided not to and just little moments of little creeping into going to the dark side of things right and i think maybe because like a factor might be all of them are the same age right like but in yes. reality like you know uh beast was a much older <laughs> character yeah. than the rest and so that's why you know you get like a difference in opinions at times where there's like they're all teenagers right now or you know young adults that like if one says something everyone's thinking of it the same way (laughs) true so i don't know but i think you could have done it as a two-parter like sort of thing and just kind of build up i mean kind of like the the hunger games or twilight or any of those franchises or harry potter that the last story was too important to rush it into one film Mm -hmm. spread it out so the whole first part of the film or the the part one of two or whatever is where she's slowly being corrupted, but she's still she's playing. Losing herself, yeah. Yeah. And then by the end of the second film, she's like, I can't follow Charles anymore. Like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that part was just super rushed. Yeah. Right. You get that, that movie was short. Player, too, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm a danger and I just want to leave. But they even have that moment where I, like I did, I like the idea where she goes and sees magneto right i like that just, yeah that was good in the original film it was supposed to be wolverine mm-hmm. i think that this is a this is a moment where the wolverine thing would have happened where wolverine 
often in the comics left the team because he was just too wild he was killing too many people blah 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 right. if they had that where hugh jackman comes back just for that scene where he's like we're both killers you know yeah. or something like that yeah and she had like she just kind of sneaks off and goes to talk to him instead of it being a big incident with the military involved like just screw all that extra stuff yeah. just have little moments where she's talking to people and she's you can see where she's just slowly turning but hasn't quite turned so by the end of the first film she's getting ready to commit and by the second film then she joins not the hellfire yeah, club but something like, along those lines so, yeah it wasn't they didn't really sell that part really well like it was just like okay i made an accident like potentially hurt some people can't control this and all of a sudden like nope i'm just gonna go <laughs> and yeah she went like right away 180 degrees okay i'm out of control i'm killing everybody but right, having it right. be gradual like you like where's the gene <laughs> like gene wasn't there at all like like i get what they're doing like they're like oh yeah the the thing like just took over and but they again like the story didn't sell, didn't sell. what they're doing with wanda right yeah. scarlet witch like she may end up being a villain in the mcu but they ain't doing it in one film they ain't doing it in two films. Like I, I like if they are turning out, turning her out to be a big bad. We ain't seeing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a slow build. And with Dark Phoenix, as important a storyline as that was in comic books, I think you have to kind of do the same thing here. Like, yeah. and if you can't do it that way, then don't do that story. Absolutely. There's a yeah. lot of other stories you can pull off. And the same thing, same thing with Apocalypse. Like they needed to have him behind the scenes in the last two or three films. Built. Right. And then like, I don't think they have enough characters to, to bring. Cause I don't think whoever we had at that time, that alone, that team alone, like, I'm like, I don't think any of them would have uh, been able to defeat apocalypse. No, no no unless like yeah maybe phoenix would if the phoenix were to show up there maybe but then like um who they have at the time was like the bare minimum characters and not the characters that like they didn't have a rogue that could you know get him get her to touch apocalypse and yeah some powers or something like no (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of went out with a whimper Mm-hmm. So what do you think Which of New right. Mutants? Yeah. So like going into New Mutants, so that is officially the last X-Men film. So right. What did you what did you think? Much better than the other. <laughs> Way more interesting characters as again they had a little bit of focus with everyone. Um like I think I told you there's a bit of a lull in the middle, but um um but overall, I liked it like way better than the other one. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Uh, actually, I was surprised at the characterizations. They, the casting was really spot on. Mm-hmm. The characters were very similar to the comic characters. They didn't deviate. They didn't need to. But the New Mutants have always been an interesting collection. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're not the X Men. They're, you know, they're all teenagers. They all have teenager you know problems you know like uh sunspot he's incredibly arrogant mm-hmm. but he's not just arrogant there's a whole side to it he's like standoffish because he killed his girlfriend you know yeah so i i liked 
that whole I'm a mutant, I have powers, and you know what? When my powers happened, I killed people. Like it wasn't on purpose. That right. whole thing that captures the new mutants so 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 well. Right. So I really enjoyed that and how Danny was kind of the villain. Right. In a way. Um, she was like although in some way I think she's like kind of the weakest link of the bunch. Yep. Um, because if we didn't get to explore her, she didn't get to show what she could do. And like, isn't the bear a real bear? Like the demon bear, wasn't it a real um yeah, there's um oh my god. Uh the shat I think they're trying to tie it in with the Shadow King. Mm-hmm. Uh Amul uh, I might be getting it wrong. Amal Amul Farouk or something, who was a nemesis of Charles Xavier way huh. before there was an X-Men, way before the like way back he was in Cairo I think around the same time where he met Magneto like they were both like they weren't Professor X or Magneto they were just Charles and Eric mm-hmm. and he fought the Shadow King I have to go back and, and, and but he was I, I think the bear was a representation of the Shadow King or that's what he was using I'd have to go back. I, I can't remember. Became, but, it, but the bear became Danny's like manifestation of like her fear. Yes. And what I think it was interesting. I don't know if they did that in the comic or not, but th- this was a cool idea. Was, yeah. I thought the bear was real the whole time. Yeah. In the comics. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. But, um, um, but no, it was cool. No, it, I. I just I enjoyed all the characters. Like every character had their own little personalities and shining moments. And nobody was the same. There wasn't like any carbon. Like oh, these two are exactly the same. Or everyone was like really unique. Yeah, and they're their own personalities. And um, like I I I I liked how they introduced every character. And like you know, with Danny forcing out the fear in everyone or the worst nightmares. <laughs> you get to see their backstory without them sitting down and let me tell you my story type of thing. Yeah, it was a great way to to pull that out because nobody wants to talk about their past. No. Well, this is a way to do it. And like, like, and I'm sure like, you know, if um, like whoever the first few, the first group to to be in that facility, they've already shared their story at some point. So know Danny who's like the newest member we don't have like it's not natural for them to tell the story that way right but so it was nice for for us viewers to kind of see it happen and I thought um yeah that like magic's like for the performance of that actress yeah amazing Amazing. it was good but all of them are all magic is complicated to get right in the comics And they did a good job in the movies. Right. They got the dragon, little dragon, and like the the whole world. But I got excited. I didn't think the dragon was real. And then when the dragon was real, I lost my shit because that's Kitty Pride's dragon. Yeah. But that dragon also protected magic a lot. Like Mm -hmm. magic and Kitty Pride were best friends. Right. Yeah. Because they were this roughly the same age because Kitty Pride was. 13 i think or 12 or 13 when she joined the x-men or when she was in the comics so she hung around the new mutants all the time and lockheed was their roommate so i mean it's like oh my god that like you got that you pulled that from the comics like and i liked how the um like her alternate like universe thing yep 
we just needed to show it. We don't even have to explain it. No. I like when things are left like that because yep. um, I don't need to know what it is exactly. I have an idea of what it is. And you don't have enough time to tell that story right now. Absolutely. So just, yeah. Absolutely. So I thought like every little bit of information we got was like, was enough. If they could have only done that in some of the X-Men films, I think. I mean, I know the pacing was slower and maybe that was a complaint some people had, mm -hmm. but I, I think the X-Men comics had that pacing though. It was, it wasn't always like in your face, you know, balls of the walls or whatever. It was a little more restrained. It was more about telling the story and getting to know the characters. And this movie was actually probably nailed the X-Men universe like really well. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I don't think X-Men one, two or three holds up anymore no um and you know what um people didn't have high expectations for this movie because of the constant delay of release yep. right um so hearing that the movie shot that that's people don't already have like high hopes for get pushed back like that much you're just like you, you just you're just bound to doubt the movie sure um, but it was such a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I, I was quite shocked with how much I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, I'm actually following the character. I'm actually investing the characters because, you know, you're just like comparing them in my mind. Like, how were they from what I remembered? And like, even if it wasn't correct, like, I didn't mind. No, it was correct enough, I think. <laughs> I like how the Marvel films, like, they don't they don't nail anything spot on, but they get the 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 heart the of the character. you get the essence of that character yeah. right and I, I i thought they did that here yeah like, and I, and I, like the, I remember like i like the diversity in like this group like the new mutants yep. group because it's just like yeah you get like enough of everything and um everything just like works well so and nope. even um they even get the powers of uh dr reyes right mm -hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with that character but yeah. Are you, are you, were you familiar yeah, yeah, with her? Yeah. Oh, you were? Okay. Because she's, when she came into the comics, she was like a breath of fresh air. Like, she was different enough. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's thousands of X-Men characters, right? Like, there's so many. It's like, oh, here's another mutant. How different are you going to be? But she was really written really well. And that was, I think, that to me, that was a peak in the X-Men comics when she was mm -hmm. introduced. Cause she was introduced marrow was introduced there was a character called maggot yeah <laughs> it was kind of interesting like it's kind of like really weird but she was like this grounded i'm a doctor mm -hmm. i'm a doctor i make forest fields but i'm a doctor like she was mm -hmm. just i don't know I, I really so i was actually happy to see her show up and the acting and portrayal was really good too yeah and no problems with that yeah and then there's all those hints to mr sinister throughout the whole movie mm -hmm. which yeah. they've been hinting in so many x-men films up to this point yeah. um which is another you know overpowered mutant like i don't know how they're gonna defeat that but um yeah. i hope with a different cast, <laughs> yes. cast um yeah i'm kind of over this group already <laughs> I'm okay with the seeing the new mutants again in a different movie, but yeah, out of out of anyone off that old cast, mm -hmm. I know everyone's like, "Oh, Hugh Jackman, just one more, just one more." I'd actually like to see the new mutants come back. Yeah, the new mutants, I'd, I'd be fine with them coming back. I think I'd like to see the whole group as a whole, though. Like, I thought all the actors were like mm -hmm. just spot on, so like, I, I'd like to see them come back. Yeah, 
I don't need to see anyone else. I don't no. need to see, you know, 85 year old uh, Charles Xavier or. Because weren't they, <laughs> I thought they were supposed to have um, James McAvoy have a cameo in this one. But I'm glad they didn't. No, yeah, we didn't need that. No, I was like, where was he going to show up? Like at the end or at the beginning? Like, or. Yeah, I think it would have taken away from everyone else's story. It's yeah. like shoving just like shoving wolverine and everything like you didn't right yeah again they were trying to do that that like we need someone that people know or yep. you know um but he wasn't gonna do anything in the movie so no. he would have just ruined it like either you make him evil or i don't know he's gonna have the final battle doesn't make sense i'm gonna try to watch it with sylvie i'm actually curious to see what she would think of this one i mean she's seen all the other x-men films she actually liked dark phoenix we saw it in theaters mm-hmm. and everyone was jumping all over it so when we saw it we almost had a oh you hate this movie oh well, then we're gonna like it like we kind of yeah. had a little attitude going <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. and i think we enjoyed it at the time watching it a second time i i was there was things that i i liked like it didn't hold up as well on a second viewing mm-hmm. but i could see i could i could see enough in that movie that if the director was allowed to do what he wanted to do, I think it could have been a good film, but they, they, they just kept. It was, it was really hard for me to like, like the movie because the things that bothered me from the previous, you know, yeah. movies were still here. They, yeah, the pacing was just off the storyline. The story was just like weak and, you know, it was just very disappointing overall, even though I had no idea. Cause like, after apocalypse i was just like yeah i have like yeah. back to uh not having any hope for the x-men franchise but um so i was like okay maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised because my expectations were just so low now <laughs> yeah you know in first class they they kept it intimate it was a mm-hmm. it wasn't they weren't like 17 villains and 17 heroes and they kept it more grounded more simple more i don't don't know if low budget's the right word but they should keep that but they just every oh second movie we gotta do more third movie we gotta do even more yeah but no keep it personal you can't handle (laughs) unless you uh unless you figure what you want to do don't do this yeah to to me the x-men's always been personal stakes it's always personal Mm -hmm. stakes when they start elevating it beyond that and those are the episodes that or the episodes the arcs that shine where they focus on one thing yeah because like you were i think we, we remember it as a whole that yeah there's this ensemble of like different like mutants but like every arc they take turns i think and yep. they, but they have the, they have a focus and so that's why it works but in the movies i think they try to do so much and they're they want to they want they want to see it's this big of a stake and it's growing and it's getting bigger and the problems are just you know 10 problems now versus like the one from last time type of thing yeah you don't have to go bigger no no um one thing that i remembered when you mentioned like shocking did you watch legion ever no i never did was that any good i watched the one season and um it's like good quality tv oh it is yeah um it's like i would say i put in the same like bucket as like wandavision and all of that it was just so different okay because you're in like um like 
uh, what's his face? Um, uh, David, David Holler. David um, Holler. His, your, 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 you're going through the, the show through his perspective and it has like and he's crazy. Things. So, yeah. And so you're confused at the same time. It's terrifying when the shadow King shows up because. Oh, the shadow King is in there. The Shadow King is in there. Yeah, it's uh, oh. the first, um, the first, because I only watched like the first season because I didn't have the, I, I was like trying to stream this one and find it somewhere. Um, they moved it to Disney or not. That's what I was going to check after this. But um, no, I remembered like the scenes with the Shadow King because he just like creeps up out of nowhere because you're like crazy and you're like, you you you're 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 in, you're with the same you're in the same boat as the character. I'm confused which one's real and what's not because there's hallucinations and there's real stuff. And then the shadow king just like creeps up in there, and it was just like I I can't like describe it. You have to see it because how the shadow king appears, um, in the scenes and how he like manifested was just so creepy. But at the same time, this is awesome because <laughs> that's how. But he was terrifying in the, in the comics. It's just... It's terrifying in this one. I was just like, there's like some legit like jump scares that happen. Really? Yeah. It and had like, a horror, horror bent. It's a bit of a horror aspect to it, but also whimsical at the same time. Okay. So I just, I just, I just looked it up. It's definitely not in Disney yet. Okay. But I mean, hopefully at some point. It was only three seasons. Um but it was, I just remember it was just so well done that first season. Yeah, I heard a lot of good reviews, but I wasn't, I I had no way to watch it because it was on That's the thing, Yeah, it was hard to watch because I think I, I did a thing where I could like stream in Hulu or yep. something. Um, uh, I invested in that, but um, waited for season two. And that was the only thing that I was watching there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was a bit hard to find, but when you find it, it's it's actually it's very very good. So I'm actually I'm gonna I'll, add to our, can... I'll add it to our list and then yes. we'll, we'll right. find that. Legion, I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, like it sh it should be somewhere else. Yeah, well, it's a Marvel property, so like mm -hmm. it's gotta be somewhere. I'm just going through our list here. What else do we have left? I think that's what we wanted to cover today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. well, that worked. That worked well. Yeah. Um, are you just as a as we're getting to the end here? Um, why the last man just started a few weeks ago? Are you familiar with that property? No, no. Uh oh. No. Uh oh. Tell me about this. <laughs> um, it is possibly the best written comic series ever it's won every award under the sun okay okay um i have i i had i have all the comics i have all the collected hardcovers and i did have all the collected trades as well but i sold those so it's something you can borrow but it is it's really good okay it's from uh, brian k vaughn who also did the runaways um he's doing saga right now which is you know, award-winning. He's one of those few writers that um, there's a few writers that get nominated for everything, like every writing award imaginable. Okay. 
but he but he's a comic writer and he's getting these awards it, it doesn't happen often so okay. he's he's ne he's next he's like alan moore neil gaiman level creative like he's okay. that good okay adding that to the list <laughs> now there's a new so basically for the last 10 years i think or however long it's been he's been negotiating the rights to that series and he's i don't think he's ever been willing to sell it without getting it made correctly or properly okay. he did sell runaways which is on disney plus they did two mm -hmm. seasons there that was his big that was a huge series it was he wrote it and then he was done and then he had a conversation with joss whedon mm -hmm. and joss whedon was working for marvel at the time and i don't know what the conversation was but joss whedon basically begged can i please continue your series for you please mm -hmm. like and joss at the time joss whedon was like untouchable in terms of like there's no one that can create content like that guy and he begged this young guy brian k vaughn can i please continue your series because it's genius mm -hmm. so we have all those runaways comics as well and that was our introduction to brian k vaughn and then he did why the last man after that i think it was for vertigo okay and it's genius it was 50 issues and it's about the last man on earth every single male on the planet is exterminated except for well why his name is yorick yeah. and his pet monkey ampersand they're the only two men to survive and it's what happens oh there's a show okay okay so anyway it was a comic but now they've made they've just started the series just started a few weeks ago um oh. and he's actually happy with it like he's actually like i follow him on instagram he's just been like oh my god it's so good like he's 100 percent behind it i didn't i don't know if he was behind runaways as much runaways mm -hmm. feels really low budget like a mm -hmm. like a cw show but with half the budget of a cw yeah. show yeah it's still good but it's not i don't know um but i don't know this was this is getting this is getting reviews kind of along the lines like that watchman tv show okay that you saw watchman yeah. right the tv yeah. show yeah yeah amazing loved it yeah. it was so wow Can we talk about that one time like let's add these things yeah i, I think i want to go back and watch watchman again there yeah, was, it was just... there was so much to watch there was so much to absorb that i don't think one viewing was enough yeah but it was just such a good um sequel to a story that was done like many many years yeah ago. without shitting on what came before absolutely but without really being a sequel but being a sequel like it was yeah. Yeah, being true to the character still with how they are, at least the ones that still yeah. that existed from uh, back then. And um, no, I in the topics that they covered was just so good. Uh, it was so relevant to what was going on. Yeah, like really the hooded good. justice. Like who could have predicted that, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing was going to come out like <laughs> at around the same time that the I episode know. was supposed to be aired. It's insane, but you know the 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 creator had his finger on the pulse. I I I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really. I, I, I loved it so much. But why is that level? It's like just really cerebral, 
Okay. It's a simple premise, but it's not. Like okay. there's so many layers to it. It's, it's really good. And I I don't know if you should watch the show or read the comic first. I don't really know. Have you watched? No, I haven't yet. I've got I have them. Sylvia and I are, I think we're gonna wait. Uh, so there's about like six episodes and then to kind of just do a okay. mass watch. Sylvia actually read all the comics too. She was Okay, okay, maybe I'll the non Marvel comic she actually read. Okay. But it was because it was Brian K. Vaughn. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Homework. More homework. Homework. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll reconvene in, I don't know, a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have other I stuff. Have enough items on the list. I want Sorry. your Daredevil review next time. Yeah. Daredevil yeah. director's cut. You know, I already like what the, um, the extra action that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, did this happen? Like, what scenes are in the movie? And then, like, trying to remember. And then I was like, yeah like this scene and there's scenes in the movie where they literally cut like the last section of a scene mm-hmm. where, the, where the ending of a scene is literally the opposite of what happened in the theatrical run <laughs> yeah like it it's like whoa like the you know the studio came in nah, i don't think we want daredevil doing that mm-hmm. and then literally it's like happy ending you know yeah. like i don't know it's pretty good yeah all right Let's cap okay. it off there. Oh my God, I didn't realize how late it was. Yeah, yeah. No, otherwise we'll just keep talking about yeah, like we'll <laughs> sidetracked and like talk about like a million things. Yeah, we just keep going. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. hit end, but I I do want to keep talking.